Hello, food bloggers. Welcome to eBlog Talk, the podcast for food bloggers. You looking for the value and confidence that will move the needle forward in your business. I am your host, Megan Porta, and you are listening to episode 254. This episode is the third in a series called From Many Mistakes to Big Wins, where I will talk through specific mistakes I've made in my own blogging journey and how you can learn from my issues. Before we dive into this episode, I'd love to take some time to share about some resources here at eBlog Talk that will give you a chance to connect, gain confidence, and dig into food blogging in a new way and honestly just level up in your business growth and with your networking. One of the resources I don't mention much because it's fairly new, but I'll give some attention here is the eBlog Talk resource library. While I ran the membership, which was probably a year long venture, uh, one of the things we did inside the membership that was super valuable was we hosted guest experts on Zoom calls and talked about all kinds of topics ranging from SEO to Pinterest to how to make $5 million as a woman to like so many other things. I couldn't even begin to list them all. I recorded all of these sessions, calls, and I put them in the resource library so that you can go through and watch them. I will link to the resource library in the show notes. It's a subscription-based situation. So you sign up and you get a certain amount of calls and also exclusive podcast episodes delivered to you each month and you pay month to month. So go check that out. Also, one other thing I'll mention is that I have two coaching slots open as of the time of recording. Send me an email if you're interested in filling one of those slots and we can talk about getting set up. This is a really great way to make a solid plan for your business for the coming year and to have accountability throughout the year. I will guide you through all all of your goals, and help you as much as I can along the way. And a reminder to go subscribe or follow, rate and review eBlog Talk. Thank you so much in advance for doing this. Go to your favorite podcast player, tap on eBlog Talk, the show, and then you will scroll down a little bit until you see rate and review. And there you can leave an awesome rating and review. Thank you so much for doing that. Just a quick recap of the previous mistakes I've talked about in the first two episodes inside the series. I talked about my biggest mistake, which was thinking I could do everything on my own, episode 244. And in the previous episode in the series, I talked about how I overcomplicated everything for a lot of years in my business, episode 249. I will reiterate that I am not going to refer to my mistakes as failures. I'm going to keep saying that because I don't believe in failure. Let's embrace our mistakes as part of our businesses and as part of our journeys collectively because they are what helps us to learn and grow. I have been telling my boys lately that they should be looking to fail because only when they fail are they going to do that learning and that growing. I think that's a really important piece of this whole um, series and a message that I definitely want to deliver through this. I did not create boundaries for myself for a really long time. This is such a timeless lesson that applies to every aspect of human life. And it definitely applies to food blogging with all the different balls we feel we need to keep juggling at any given moment. When my own personal food blogging journey began, there were literally like three things to do write and make a recipe, 
take and edit photos and write a blog post. This was 100% doable. So I quote, did it all. We all did back then. But then the world of food blogging started evolving. Pinterest entered the scene. Then recipe videos were huge. Facebook became a really good way to gain momentum, especially when um, combined with video creation. Brands began seeing the value of doing work with bloggers. So sponsored work became a focus. Then we collectively saw the need to not just take photos, but to take good food photography. Enter SEO and email marketing and keyword research and Instagram. And oh my gosh, this list could go on forever. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. And that's also because I have like five. Wonderful youngest child just brought me a Twizzlers. That made me very happy. Thank you, Sam. Okay, I couldn't resist. So good. Don't mind me just finishing my licorice here. (laughs) So as I was saying, we have more things to keep afloat than ever. And these things just keep arriving on the food blogging scene. It's almost comical. And because I started food blogging when, quote, doing it all was manageable, I carried this belief with me for a long time that I needed to keep doing it all, even if the all kept growing. Plus, remember my last episode in the series, I talked about doing most things the hard and complicated way because I was not networking and thought I could do it all myself. That made keeping up with it all even more of a challenge. Basically, I tried to adopt all the new things as they were happening because I didn't know any better. Once I realized that I needed to put boundaries on my life and my business, I was already frazzled and burned out. About six or seven years into blogging, I saw the need to get work tasks onto a calendar. There was a lot to manage. I saw, I started seeing, so I wrote everything into my Google Calendar. When I had everything logged that I should be doing, it was totally overflowing and too packed to even understand what was going on. I ran out of room for everything, so I started putting tasks outside my normal work windows. I remember looking at my calendar one day and seeing work start times of 6 a.m. I never start working close to 6 a.m., so I'm not sure what I thought when I was planning that, putting all of that there, and how I thought I was going to squeeze it in, but I remember just laughing when I saw it, like, what am I doing? What am I even thinking? This is not a feasible schedule and I cannot carry on fooling myself and thinking I'm going to get all of this stuff done at who knows what time. Right around that time, I started hiring out my weekly emails, Facebook posts, and Pinterest, which opened up a ton of time for me. But then more things arrived on the scene. There were Instagram reels, TikTok, web stories, idea pins, etc. The list goes on and on, as you know which is where I, along with a lot of you, realize that setting some boundaries is an ongoing thing. New platforms, new strategies, and new tools will continue to bombard our businesses constantly. So setting firm boundaries is a necessity more now than ever. I know you guys feel it. We all feel it. It's hard. It's really hard to know how and when and where to set boundaries in our businesses. And then we have to stick to them. So we don't only set them, we've got to stick to them and continue to set the boundaries for the new things that emerge because they'll always be there. First, let's talk through what will happen if you do try to do all the things and you don't set boundaries in your business. And then after that, we'll chat about how to set those boundaries. 
What not setting boundaries got me and what it will get you. Number one, I was never an expert. I dug a mile wide and an inch deep for nearly eight years. I dabbled in just about everything under the food blogging sun and never got really good at any aspect of it. I would see the food bloggers who would dig into really specific parts of the job. So whether that was photography, video, SEO, or any of the other aspects of it. And I saw how skilled they were becoming in these micro aspects of the whole scheme of food blogging. Trying to do it all ensured that I would never become an expert in any one particular area. Number two, burnout. I've talked about this before on the podcast, and it's one of the reasons that I started this podcast to help you all avoid burnout because it's a terrible place to be. I got to the point where burnout was a common point that I would get to probably four times a year. No boundaries for me meant there were no limits to the amount of time I worked, which led to me being frazzled, irritable, probably a terrible person to live with, and I was tired all the time, which by the way was actually counterproductive, causing a decrease in productivity and creativity, but I was too tired to understand this while it was actually happening. Number three, limited money. I thought for so long that the more I work, the more money I'll make. I was so wrong about this. This was another thing I was too exhausted to understand at the time, but in fact, the exact opposite was actually true. The less time I give myself to work, the more efficient and productive I become. I work half the time I did back then, maybe even less, and I earn more money. Plus, when our calendars are jam-packed full of crap, we don't have bandwidth to open ourselves up to new opportunities, so that puts a limit on the amount of money we bring in as well. Number four, mad friends and family members. Being an entrepreneur is hard. You know what I'm talking about. That's just the truth. And this sentence probably deserves its own series. But one of the hardest things about it is trying to explain what we do and why we do what we do to non-entrepreneur friends and family members. We have to answer questions like, now, why are you working so much? And how much money are you making? When we answer those things out loud, especially in the early years of our businesses, we sound crazy even to ourselves. It's so hard to explain to people what we know to be true. Like the way I've just always known, even in the very beginning when I was a terrible photographer and had no idea what I was doing, that I was going to turn my business into a success machine. I knew it. I knew it in my gut. But even when I said those words, other people didn't understand. So adding that lack of understanding to not having boundaries and working around the clock equals mad friends and mad family members. They didn't understand before, but when you don't show up at the dinner table or when you keep canceling dinner dates with friends, they really won't understand. I will talk through now four ways that you can set boundaries. Number one, visions and goals. This is my number one biggest piece of advice about creating boundaries. Establishing visions and goals for not just your business, but for your life as a whole will totally transform everything for you in a good way. If you haven't put energy into doing this, if you've been putting it off, I strongly encourage you to just make it happen. Start with the why. Why are you a food blogger? Why did you make the decision to level up and make this business work? 
Keep asking why after every time you answer until you hit a spot where you get emotional. That's the key. That's the ticket right there. And that is what you set your vision around. For me, my point of emotion with this exercise is that I want to maximize my time with the people who live in my house and who I love so very much. Based on that, I sit down at least once a quarter, sometimes more, and I write out my long-term vision as well as one-year, six-month, and three-month goals, all that support my vision. I write it on a whiteboard that I put in my bedroom, and I look at that multiple times a day. Constantly reminding myself of where I'm going ensures that I do not get distracted by projects or people that do not align. It ensures that I create and stick to my boundaries. Number two, protect your time. Being a time protector is one of my biggest pieces of advice for people looking to increase their productivity. Once you've established your boundaries, so you know exactly what you're doing for self-care, number one, and family time, or people who are important to you, time, and you know exactly what you're doing for work, chisel these things in stone. Move into each day and into each week knowing that you will do everything in your power to protect the time you've set aside for yourself, your family or friends, and your work, and whatever other priorities you have as well. I'm probably on the extreme end of the spectrum to the degree where I don't even allow my pets in the same room as me while I'm working. I ignore the doorbell and my phone. Unless it's a child coming in to deliver Twizzlers, I don't ignore that. Everything else gets ignored, which is why I can get so much work done. Number three, theme your months and quarters. This is a newer concept for me, but I'm beginning to do this monthly and quarterly theming. Thanks to a few other food bloggers who have shared their success stories with me on this topic. To start, try theming your month. An example would be, I'm going to create as many videos this month as possible. Everything else will involve either bare minimum work or you will say no to, or at least no for now. This concept plays into the theme of batching, which I'm a huge fan of because by focusing on a single task repeatedly within a specified time frame, you can be much more productive than if you break up that time with tasks that require a totally different mindset. Number four, surround yourself with supportive people. This one is a biggie and something that I believe gets overlooked because it just seems so simple that it can't do any good. But it is everything. Surrounding yourself with the right people is absolutely everything. One bad piece of advice can sink an entrepreneur. When we have supportive, big thinkers, big dreamers, and people who align with what you want and where you're going and what you believe you can do, when we have those people in our circles, they will call us out when we are overstepping our own boundaries. So how do you find these people? Keep your eyes and ears open. You know when you meet those people who will be a positive influence in your life. I think we all feel it in our guts when we meet those people. Follow those feelings and seek them out. And once you have them in your circle, hold on to them. That is all for mistake number three. So to recap, having boundaries is a must in our world of information overload. I hope that me sharing my mistakes and resulting lessons has been helpful. The next episode in this series will be number 262, published on December 13th, 2021. So stay tuned to hear about mistake number four, 
which is investing in the wrong things and in some cases, avoiding making investments at all. All right, food bloggers, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day and I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.